These last two episodes were recorded in advance. Before this one begins, I would like to point out that Black Lives Matter has never meant only Black Lives Matter. It means Black Lives Matter too, and they do, but they are not always treated as such. Because of this, Black Lives Matter needs to be screamed from the rooftops by everyone who cares until people in equal situations experience equal results. Black Lives Matter. Hello, this is Ruby, and this is Living Through Extinction. I've been going through past episodes to see what promises were made before we stopped so that I can be sure to follow through as much as possible. We promised an episode on historic pandemics and there was also a Facebook message not too long ago where someone said they had been looking forward to it and asked about when it would come out. So that's going to be today. Just a note. If someone takes the time to make a topic request, that topic will go to the top of the list. So go to one of our social medias or send us an email if there's a specific topic you would actually like to hear about. So, pandemics. I know I said this on a past episode, but it's worth repeating here. Epidemic, local. Once it starts to spread globally, then that is a pandemic. And that's what we are having at the moment, a pandemic. And there have been some doozies over the centuries. Today, I'm going to start way back in the second century. We have the Antonine Plague in 165. Here we have 5 million dead. It was also known as the Plague of Galen, named for the Greek physician who lived in the Roman Empire at the time and who described the symptoms. His descriptions make some think it may have been a smallpox-related illness, so that sounds horrible. It was brought back to the Roman Empire by the army returning from West Asia, which is a common theme. Merchants and armies are the ones who often turn um, epidemics into pandemics. Nine years after the pandemic finally died down, it reappeared and continued to kill up until around 270. So this is from 165 to 270. Five million dead is a really big number, especially when you consider the world population was so dramatically lower at that time. The next one blows that out of the water, however. We have 25 million deaths. From 541 to 542, the plague of Justinian killed 25 million people. 300,000 were actually killed in the very first year. This was during the reign of the Byzantine Emperor Justinian, who contracted it, but was one of the rare survivors. The plague destroyed his military and his economy, and it was one of the worst outbreaks of the plague that we are aware of at this time. The brunt of the pandemic was 541 to 542, but there continued to be recurrences until 750. It mainly seemed to affect Asia, North America, Arabia, and Europe. 
It was, however, linked to the Black Death Plague, 1346 to 1353, which stuck around 800 years later and killed 200 million people. Numbers are getting higher. These were caused by different strains of the same deadly microbe. And they were both passed by the fleas that carried them. And the fleas would come in on rodents. And uh, this is probably why ships were a big cause of the spread. The Black Death Plague came to Europe in 1347. There were 12 ships from the Black Sea docked at the Sicilian port of Messina. And most of the sailors on the boats were dead. Those alive appeared to be dying, and they were covered in black boils full of blood and pus. The Sicilian authorities ordered the fleet away, but it was too late. The Black Death took out almost a third of the continent's population in the first five years via ship trading routes. Towards the end of the 19th century, the basilisk responsible for all this death and suffering was discovered. It is called Ursina pestis. We know it travels through the air, and it is also contracted by flea bites. Many scholars believe Ring Around the Rosie is about the Black Death, and I know there's a lot of debate on that, so I'm not saying yes or no to that right here, right now. We're going to move on now to cholera, which caused seven pandemics in less than 150 years. Cholera is an infectious disease caused by a bacterium called Vibrio cholera, which is found in warm, salty waters. Hundreds of strains exist, but only two are known to cause outbreaks. It's contracted through eating and drinking. Um, undercooked shellfish is apparently a major contributor. It produces a cholera toxin, which causes cells lining the intestines to release large amounts of water, causing severe diarrhea, vomiting, dehydration, leg cramps, septic shock, and even death in hours. Yes, hours. It can kill within hours if untreated. 80% of people who get it will not have these symptoms, and it will pass without them knowing. But of course, they are passing it on to people who it probably will kill. 20% of those with symptoms will have severe symptoms. And there have been, as I said, seven pandemics of cholera since 1817. The first being in the Bengal region of India, 1817 to 1824. I'm not going to go over the details of every pandemic here. I couldn't find enough details on each and every one specifically, unfortunately. The third cholera pandemic had a million dead and was from 1852 to 1860. It went around Indonesia, China, Japan in 1854 and in 1858 and 59. It reached the Philippines, Korea and Bengal. From Bengal, travelers and troops brought it to Iran, Iraq, Arabia, and Russia. So that one really got around as well. The sixth cholera pandemic, 1899 to 1923, had 800,000 plus dead. It began in India and spread to the Middle East, North Africa, Eastern Europe, and Russia. Advances in public health kept it under control in Western Europe. But steamships still brought it to New York in 1910-1911. In 
Health authorities quarantined people on Swinburne Island, which had been built in the previous century as an actual quarantine facility. They got it under control, but still lost 11 people, including a health worker. That was the last cholera pandemic in North America. Next, I'd like to discuss a few flu pandemics, beginning with one we have been hearing a lot about lately. The 1918 flu pandemic saw 50 million dead. It was also called the Spanish flu, though that was somewhat derogatory. It's the most severe flu outbreak in our most recent history, and it was caused by an H1N1 virus with avian genes. There's no consensus as to where it actually originated. It spread worldwide over 1918 to 19 and was found in the army in the US in the spring of 1918. An estimated 500 million, one third of the world's population was infected and there was no flu vaccine and no antibiotics at this point. What they depended on was hygiene and quarantine and the high morality of healthy people to do the right thing in order to control it. They still ended up with at least 50 million dead. The deaths in the U.S. itself, 675,000 people lost. It devastated a small oceanside town in Alaska when it took 72 of 80 adults in five days. Now I'd like to go into a side story here, a quote from the CDC website. An expert group of researchers and virus hunters decided to search for the lost 1918 virus, sequence its genome, recreate the virus in a highly safe and regulated laboratory and setting at CDC, and ultimately study its secrets to better prepare for future pandemics. You can read all about the process and the results on the CDC site. Search Discovering a Lost Killer. Now, I found this a fun fact. Does, do any of you recall a Canadian TV show back in the aughts called Regenesis? I'm not sure which season it was in, but there was a storyline where the main character digs bodies out of permafrost up north in order to obtain samples of the Spanish flu. It turns out this storyline was based on true events in 1951, and then again in the late 90s by Johan Halton. I had no idea about the real history behind that storyline. In 1951, he was a Swedish microbiologist and PhD student at the U of Iowa and actually got permission from village elders to excavate the long-frozen Spanish flu corpses. There is more about him and his accomplishments in the CDC article I quoted earlier. And later, he was a part of a group that found a pristine sample in 1997. They found a woman who had died from the 1918 virus with her lungs perfectly frozen and preserved in permafrost. So they didn't get the pristine sample back in 51 when they first tried, apparently. But some years later, like 48 years later, they pulled it off. My husband and I both watched Regenesis back when it was on, and neither of us had any idea about the reality of the history that they had actually pulled from to make that storyline. I personally find that cool, interesting. Going on with the flus, from 1957 to 1958, we had the H2N2, unfortunately known as the Asian flu. Again, derogatory terms given to these diseases. This saw 2 million dead. It was, again, a pandemic of influenza A, 
H2N2. It was the second flu pandemic of the 20th century, the first being the Spanish flu. It was in China in late February in 1957 and spread to the U.S. by June. It would begin with wobbly legs and a chill, but as it would progress, there was sore throat, cough, runny nose, achy limbs, and very high fever. The U.S. ended up having about 70,000 deaths from this flu. In 1968, we had another flu pandemic with 1 million plus dead. This was caused by the virus H3N2. Again, unfortunately, it was known as the Hong Kong flu. And I don't think that's okay and hope that we do better going forward. It was suspected to have evolved from the 1918 flu. And some of the people who survived the H2N2 flu had immunity protection against this one, explaining the low mortality. It was the third flu pandemic of the 20th century, originating in China in July 1968. Within two weeks of the appearance in Hong Kong, there were 500,000 reported cases. Soldiers brought it back to the U.S. several months later. Again, soldiers, merchants, that's usually how things seem to travel. By the end of December, it had spread through the U.S. and reached Western Europe. It also ended up affecting Australia, Japan, many African countries, some Eastern European countries, and countries in Central and South America. I am going to finish off with the peak of the HIV-AIDS pandemic in the early 2000s, or the aughts, sorry. I believe that's the term I'm supposed to use. The first cases were reported in 1981, and it continues to be a pandemic today as it continues to spread. 65 million have been infected and 25 million have died. In 2005 alone, 2.8 million people died, and there were 4.1 million new infections reported, and there were 38.6 million living with it at the time. As of 2019, it was still considered one of the world's most serious public health challenges. It's worse in sub-Saharan Africa. Only 10% of the world's population live there, while 64% of the world's population living with HIV live there. There are great treatments available today for survivors, but steps need to be taken for prevention. Education is key in all countries. Proper education, that is. Abstinence-only education over sex education in schools is unacceptable. All it does is guarantee high schools are full of teen pregnancies and ripe with STDs. The Pope going to Africa 10 years ago and telling the masses that condoms will make the AIDS crisis worse? That was unacceptable and cost many believers their lives. We need to do better when it comes to proper education, especially sex education. AIDS is incredibly preventable if a person is given proper education. I have huge issues with religious leaders outright and knowingly lying to their followers, like the Pope did when he made that speech about the condoms 10 years ago. Wasn't the current Pope, but still. I have issues with fake media, period. And this era of COVID-19 is ripe with it. In times like this, we have to trust those who have spent their lives studying these things over the Karens on Facebook who saw two doctors on a fucking YouTube video. We need to use skeptical methods to determine if something is true. If you don't know any, learn some, be skeptical, stay safe, and be healthy. And until next time, listeners, this has been Pandemics.
And this has been Ruby, and you have been listening to Living Through Extinction. situation here in Hawaii earlier this evening, the uh, civil defense calling for an evacuation of all low-lying areas because of a tsunami threat. The sky turns black as giant tornadoes touch down from Nebraska to Texas, apocalyptic scenes as twisters tear through the southern plains.